A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Whispering Woods podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is episode number 27. This episode is all about... Part 2 of the Windigoos. It sure is. First of all, we will start with a shout-out to our new patrons. Amanda Hall. Cynthia Stanford. Philip Coulson. Thanks so much for being our new patrons. We really appreciate your support with the podcast. It's amazing. If you want to become a part of our Patreon community... The website address is www.patreon.com forward slash The Whispering Woods. I'll leave a link in the podcast description. Anyway, I've got a few announcements about Patreon. We've got two tiers on Patreon. We've got the Ghoulies tier and we've got the Demons tier. On the Demons tier, we release an an extra episode a week. Um, We're going to continue with this. They're just going to be mini episodes, but we are also going to release an extra episode a week on a Tuesday that we're going to call Terabytes. <laughs> I think I'm so clever. <laughs> it's not really, though, is it? <laughs> um, yeah, so that'll release on Tuesday. On both tiers, you can listen ad free, right? The Wendigos, and I've got four spooky stories. Are you ready for the first? Yes, I am. First part of the story. I am a logger in northern BC, Canada. I'm an avid hunter and have spent many a nights hunting alone. That being said, quite a few years ago, I was working on a broken down skidder in the dark after everyone on the logging block was gone, changing a blown hydraulic hose under the cab when I felt like I was being watched. The feeling continued to get worse and worse, so I was on edge and continued to work on replacing the blown hose. Every trip for tools to the service truck and back, I would scan for eyes in the nearby tree line, about 25 metres away with my flashlight. Nothing. Continued to work on the pain in the ass hose, 
that you literally have to dive your head and upper body under the cab to reach, and so your legs are stuck up in the air and feeling vulnerable. The feeling of being watched gets more intense. All the hairs on my neck are standing, and I hear a two-tone whistle from far away. Almost as if it was wind. It was so far away, but it was flat calm that day. Also, there was about six inches of fresh snow on the ground. I pushed myself out from under the skidder and looked around quietly with a flashlight for eyes in the tree line and down the road. Nothing. I had one side of the hose fitting to remove still, and it was the easier side and the higher up, so I wasn't asked over tea kettle removing it. I put my head back under the cab and quickly began to spin the fitting loose. The feeling of being watched was so bad, every hair on my body was standing, and then I heard the same two-tone whistle, very loudly in the tree line directly behind me. I had the hose off at the exact time, so I whipped myself out from under the cab and turned, ready to throw down the large wrench in my hand, yelling, All right, where the hell are you? Nothing. No one there. No tracks, no eyes, no wind, nothing. The flashlight I had was more of a small floodlight for working on repair stuff, so it didn't light up inside the trees. The next day, it snowed another six inches or so, but I went and hiked the tree line with a 12 gauge and seven three-inch slugs ready to go. No tracks that I could see, no perches on the trees where snow had been pushed off if it was a bird, nothing. Second part of the story, Creature on the Back Road. If you read my first encounter, or whatever you want to call it, well, this all happened just about seven kilometres down the road from that. A few years later, I was out hunting with a friend when we lost legal light. So we hiked back to the truck, and hit the road in his parents' new Ford Halfton, the ones with the sensors all over the vehicle. We had some music playing as we were just heading back towards town again, when the music started acting weird and cutting in and out with static. So me being in the passenger seat, disconnected the Bluetooth and reconnected the phone. Music cleared up and we continued down the road. We got up to the kilometre board on the road that my previous encounter took place and I mentioned oh hey that's the whistle block that we logged a couple of years back half jokingly because I couldn't make heads nor tails of it my friend replied great thanks for that as I had told him the story before we continued slowly driving down the road because it gets pretty rough in a couple of spots and the road has a few sharp turns and less bend Well, we go about a kilometre further and the music starts screeching and doing what we can only describe as alien noises. So I disconnect the Bluetooth again and my friend says, Oh, mum's got a cord in here. So he stops and gets the cord for me. I plug the phone in and play music again. Another kilometre down the road and the phone goes ape. I mean loud alien squealing and sounds similar to that crappy dial-up internet noise from the 90s. 
We had started into the S-Bend when this was happening, and we shut the music off completely as we are driving still, making the one half of the S-turn. And then we both look up from the music screen, and the headlight illuminates a figure standing in the middle of the road. We swerve and take the ditch a bit, still going probably 30 kilometres an hour, and get the truck back up on the road. We continue coasting down the road as we are both in awe after just seeing a flash of this thing. I finally say after what seemed like five minutes, And did you see that? My friend cuts me off and says, A flaming skeleton in the middle of the road? I say, yeah, like a white rib cage. And a deer skull for a face. He finishes. I said, turn around. What was that? Does someone need our help? Not thinking that we are in the middle of nowhere, with no vehicles or any that we had passed from other hunters. It was early season, and no one bow hunts here anyway. My friend said, I'm not turning back. I feel sick, like I'm going to throw up. And he continued driving. We didn't see another vehicle until we hit pavement again. It was taller than the pickup by easily a couple of feet. I'm 6'1", and my forehead is at the top of the window for reference. It has black surrounding the white of the bones, with long arms half stretched to its sides, as if it was saying, try and hit me. I watched this thing past the passenger window and stared up at it as we whirled by it, and it was definitely three-dimensional. Tall, with long arms and dark, dead-looking, like light was sucking into it without reflecting anything. Hard to explain. We hit service again. My friend received a text message from his mother saying, What did you two idiots hit in my brand new truck? I guess the new Ford send near accident reports to the owner when the sensors pick up something. I'm an old school Chevy guy, so I don't know. <laughs> the only thing I can find online that resembles what we both saw is a Wendigo. Without the antlers... All the headlights didn't illuminate them anyway. You wouldn't really know what dial-up internet sounds like, would you? Nah, way before your time. But it used to be really loud and you sometimes would have to wait 10, 20 minutes for to actually get a connection on the internet. Can you imagine how frustrating that you teenagers would find that now? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, you know, you need it now, you want it now, and that's what you're used to, isn't it, these days? <laughs> you know it's true. <laughs> Patience is a virtue and all that. Right, I have got a video for you to watch that The Guardian posted, The Guardian paper, some years ago. I'll put links, obviously, in the description. And this, they think, is a Wendigo crying in the background. So it's quite spooky. Sorry, everybody, because I know, for instance, that Philip listens before he goes to sleep, and I do that with podcasts. And then when somebody posts something, I have to turn the light back on, sit up so I can watch it because I can't leave it. So, what? My apologies in advance. So, what do you think? They were spooky cries, weren't they? Yeah, that's weird. And they they did say there in video, like film, um, Mm. I'd be gone. The first sound of it, I'd be grabbing you by your collar, actually. So 
saying that, you probably grab me by my collar and drag me because I'm not the fastest runner in the world, <laughs> am I? <laughs> yeah, I just like, ugh. sometimes I go places and I just can sense danger. And it's funny, actually, because I was talking to your sister about this the other day. Well, yesterday she was texting me. She was on the bus and she said, Mum, my anxiety levels are through, through the roof. There was a guy on the bus and he was talking to himself like having full-on conversations. He was talking to himself in the his reflection of the bus window. And May, I think Maisie said he was also really like scratching and it, it put her on edge. Obviously, he had a few mental health problems or perhaps he was on something. Um, but she was really frightened. And so I said to her, right, make sure you don't get off at the same stop. Go to the bus station and actually get off when there are more people. You know, usual stuff. And afterwards, I texted her and said, look, anxiety isn't a bad thing. We're animals at the end of the day. And if we if we sense a threat, our body lets us know. We ignore it a lot of the times these days because we don't really use it that much. But it's not a bad thing. You know, intuition. We need to rely on it a bit more these days. So if you sense danger... You're sensing it for a reason. What do you think about that, Tobias? That's a bit weird. Yeah, it's weird. But don't, don't you suddenly, for some reason, sometimes you can sense danger, can't you? I guess so. You know? Like, you'll feel like your hackles come up. Or I do. Even if I can't really find the reason for it. But I always trust it. That's my advice for you, young man. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready for the second story? Yes. I work for a pizza place as a delivery driver. One of the places we deliver to is a hotel on native-owned land. My first time delivering to that location was after dark, and I took a wrong turn and got completely lost on some dirt roads. But while out there, I came across something I've been trying to understand research ever since. I have a gift of picking up on spiritual things, When I got lost, I felt something following me. It felt dark and heavy, but scariest was that I connected to it and could communicate with it psychically. At first it was screaming at me to leave and that I didn't belong there. It sounded like a metal singer, screaming high-pitched but not the volume of a scream, more like a wispy whisper. It also sounded like multiple voices in unison and it spoke in third person always saying we, not ever I. I'm still learning how to control this ability without getting scared and I find that asking questions and learning about it makes me less afraid. I continued to apologise while trying to find my way back to the right road and then also asking it things. I asked why it was there, and it said it had an agreement with the Pueblo leaders to protect the land, in exchange for being allowed to be on the land without issue. I asked how it knew who was allowed on the roads I was on, and it answered with talisman, but then showed me a small leather pouch that had silver and turquoise embellishments. Something can fit in your hand, 
kind of like what I understand to be like a spell bag, medicine bag. I asked how long it had been here, and it said we are as old as Earth. I asked if it was a skinwalker, and it said we have many names. I asked what it looked like, and it showed me a tall, skinny, humanoid creature. The best way I can describe it was similar to the Death God in Death Note. It was tall and skinny and had long arms with long spindly fingers, was slightly hunched over and had a grotesque white humanoid face, like Casper white, not like pale human white, and long, greasy, matted hair, just like the girl from The Grudge. The teeth were also a ton and razor sharp, just like the Death Note character. It followed me all the way back to the right road, to the hotel, and then all the way back to the main road after I made my delivery. Tonight I had to go deliver to the hotel again. I had been there many times since the first incident, but today was the first time since then that I picked up on it again. This time it was right by the hotel building. They had music playing on speakers with something that sounded like a flute. I don't know what the instrument is, if not called flute. And this time, it didn't feel so dark, but it was content, and I got the sense that it was honoured by the music, though it didn't speak to me at all this time. When I got out of my car, I felt it recognised me, and it became guarded, but still a sense of curiosity. Sometimes I get feelings instead of words and images, so that's how it mostly happened tonight. I started wondering to myself if there was a way to communicate with it intentionally, and if there was some kind of peace offering I'd need to bring, and as soon as I thought that to myself, it showed me a piece of rancid steak. I didn't actually plan on going there with the intention of connecting to it purposefully, as I feel it not my culture and would not be a good idea and I feel like whatever it is should be respected I'm just curious what this could be and should I be worried about coming across it again I think it might be Wendigo my curiosity is killing me and I'd just like to have further understanding so I won't be so scared or at least know if I should avoid doing thinking anything on that land Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss so 
So that is quite creepy, isn't it? That she could hear actually was talking to the Wendigo in her head and it was warning her. Yeah. I do wonder as well if that could be a case of like um, third man factor. Have you heard of Have you heard of that? No. Nah. When people are in dangerous like situations, I heard a really creepy um, case of this on a radio rental podcast episode. So when people are in really like dodgy situations, a voice can come into their head mm. and tell them what to do to get them out of that extremely dangerous situation. Sometimes it sounds like their voice. Sometimes it sounds external, but it will guide them through out of a tricky situation. Yeah. Loads of cases of it. You know, there are books written on it, all sorts. And it warns you. I had a little bit of a case when, I, t- I think I might have said about this before, when I was when Maisie was first born and I had her in the buggy and I was walking like parallel to Nanny Ira's headstone and this voice went, get off the pavement. So I took her through a gap in the bush and went across some grass instead. It's the first walk out as a baby. And a crash happened, which would have been pretty much parallel to where we would have been. Yeah. Strange, isn't it? That's mad. So that is like a bit like, is it a guardian angel? Is it our subconscious sensing danger? Who knows? But are you ready for the third story? Yes, I am. A Wendigo broke into my house. Before I begin, I'm a 16-year-old male. About three years ago, I was in Virginia visiting family over summer. We were right outside the DC area and staying in a two-storey house near the freeway. On the other side of the freeway was a forest. So my mum, her boyfriend Eric and I were all staying with Eric's parents. We had bought some night vision binoculars and decided that tonight was the perfect time to use them. So after dinner, we gear up and head out. We pass under the freeway and head into the woods. When we get back five minutes into the forest, we set down our bag and take out our binocs. My mum looks around with them for a while, seeing a few squirrels here and there. She gets tired of them and passes them to me. I look around for a while, being careful not to look at the freeway for fear of being blinded. I spot something behind a tree about 50 feet to our left. I concentrate on it, trying to figure out what it is. It looks like a pale, bald, anorexic man looking straight at us from behind the tree. I get a bit uneasy, but I'm hesitant to believe it's really there. I ask Eric to take a look just in case. To my despair, he sees it too. He describes it much the same way I did. Now, Eric is a former amateur boxer and I train MMA almost every day. But neither one of us wants to stick around with that thing. We start heading back to the house, crossing under the freeway. We take another look behind us as a car comes by. All three of us see glowing eyes lit up by the headlights on the other side of the freeway. We say stop that and head back to the house, 
When we get back, Eric's parents are asleep and my mum and Eric go upstairs to the guest room. There's only one guest room, so I have the couch downstairs. I'm a little too excited after seeing the thing in the woods, so I end up staying up all night. Around 3am, I'm watching TV and start hearing footsteps above me. I immediately remember our earlier encounter and panic a little. I try to calm down and tell myself it's just one of the dogs or maybe someone who couldn't sleep. I keep hearing the footsteps for a while until I hear a doorknob jiggle. I find it weird that they're trying to open a locked door but try to ignore it. They stop, walk around for a few more minutes and then it's quiet again. I stay up until the sun starts coming up and then pass out. My mum wakes me up and I remember the footsteps from the night before. I describe what happened and ask if one of them got up at any time. She says no and I think it must have been one of the dogs. That is, until she tells me the room above me is the office. No one was in the office and the door stays locked at night. My heart sinks as I piece it all together. I don't know if it was that thing for sure. I think it was. I've done a lot of research since then, trying to figure out what that thing was that night. I found two creatures that seemed to match it. I think it was either a skinwalker or Wendigo. Whichever one it was, I'm just thankful that the door was locked. I know I wouldn't be able to fight that thing, no matter how tough I am. Have you watched Death Note? Yes, I have. You have watched it? Yeah. Because it was, um, they were, not, well, the fans weren't happy with it, yeah? Mm. The Netflix version. And I've just been reading that the Duffer Brothers... <laughs> that came out a bit. That is a bit, bit of a tongue twister for me. The Duffer Brothers are doing a version. Do you know who the Duffer Brothers are? No, we'll see them, mate. <laughs> right, they are the ones who made Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. They're the the people who created Stranger Things. That's Stephen King. No, no, not not Stephen King, but. They're going to have a be doing... They've already started on a series of Death Note. Mm. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> You've always got to have something to look forward to. Uh, you can't see it, guys, but I am jiggling on the spot, waving my little butt because I'm so excited. <laughs> but anyway, that was more about the previous story, so we'll get back to this one. Jiggling doorknobs. It is an extreme fear for me, a jiggling doorknob. I remember as a kid being pretty young and I watched a black and white movie called The Haunting. And it's about the story of Hill House. Did you watch The Haunting of Hill House, the series? I don't know. In, no? Okay, it's really scary. Um, but the the book that it um, originally came from, they made a film out in the, in the 60s. And my... I think it was my dad recorded it on VHS. Anyway, I watched it. Shouldn't have, because I was only little, but couldn't help it. 
<laughs> and there was this one bit where the two women, this is my recollection of it anyway, on the bed and the door jiggles, the doorknob. It is terrifying. And sometimes I have visions of that when I'm home alone. That the door knocks, I've got one of those round ones, will start, mm. start jiggling and I just can't deal with it. <laughs> right, are you ready for the fourth and final story? Yes, I am. Wendigo Encounter I've been debating on sharing this story with anyone outside of my small circle of people that were there. But I want to share my experience in hopes that it saves someone's life or to give understanding of what someone else has experienced. Late fall 2010, in northern Canada, I went deep into the wilderness with my father and my eldest brother to hunt for moose. We left in the early morning, just before sunrise, trying to cover as much distance as possible before nightfall. We travelled winding rivers and had to repeatedly portage over rapids all day. We decided to set up camp just over halfway to our destination. My father figured that we'd make the rest of the journey tomorrow. Well, when everyone bedded down for the night, I decided to go and grab some firewood and relieve myself down by the bank of the river, just out of reach of the light from the campfire. Out from the tree line, about 15 yards away, I could hear rustling in the bushes. I watched the area where I heard the noise and focused on that spot. I felt kind of funny, dizzy and lightheaded. I could smell this putrid stink like old milk or rotten food. Then I saw the trees start to morph and move ever so slightly and began to take the shape of a head and slight facial features. My eyes began to adjust to the darkness and along the tree line I could hear this voice coming from there. I recognised it. The voice sounded like one of my relatives who had recently passed. The face took shape of my relative. Hello, they said. I've missed you. Come see me. I smiled and stepped forward a bit, but stopped to analyse the situation. My relative's face stopped smiling and became emotionless. The skin began to turn pale and peel away. Chunks of flesh from their cheeks began to fall away and I felt shock and fear overwhelm my body. I couldn't make sense of it all, so I started to back away and make my way to camp. I didn't realise at the time that I had been walking towards the voice and I was further away from the firelight. The voice became angry and began shouting at me, Come here! So I turned to run away, but as I looked back one more time, I saw the most disgusting thing I had ever seen. It was rotting flesh on gnawed bone, caved-in eyes and a hollow chest cavity. This humanoid creature was tall and super thin. I ran as fast as I could, trying to yell for help, 
but the fear had made my voice quiet and raspy. I ran along the riverbank, and I could hear the heavy breaths and the stomping feet from this thing right behind me. I made it onto the top of the riverbank, but it grabbed a hold of my leg as I jumped. I gripped and tore the grass, trying to lift myself, and yelled as loud as I could. Then finally, my voice came back, and I yelled that someone has my leg! My brother woke up and ran over to where I was. Then he pulled me up and took me over to the fire. I was terrified, trying to explain what I saw, and that it looked like my relative, but not. I was trying to convince them that I wasn't seeing things, but my brother nodded his head and said, I saw it too, I know. That solidified it. He acknowledged that it was real. We stayed up all night after that, rifles loaded and close by. We packed up when the sun was coming up and went back home. We haven't shared that story with anyone out of fear of being labelled as crazy or liars. I've had nightmares and couldn't sleep for months afterwards. I would see things, dark figures looking into my window or hear whispers when I was walking home at night. Eventually, I was seeing this dark figure daily. I went to medicine men, shaman for help. I've learned that the ceremonies only relieve it temporarily. Friends have given me everything, from protection pouches to certain crystals. I found out that there's a strong possibility that I encountered a Wendigo. I learned that if you encounter one and survive, it attaches itself to you like a parasite. I learned that it could only do this if it touches you, which it did. Ever since that night, I've been on edge when I enter any forest or wooded area, which sucks because I loved being outdoors, hunting and in nature. Now I always feel like I need to keep my back against something when I'm out in the wild. Anyways, make your own conclusions about this. I've paid a price for being an ignorant child to the stories of old. They are real, and I can attest to that. Stay safe, everyone. So that story sounds a bit like a mimic as well, doesn't it? Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, all pretty terrifying. Right, that's the end of this episode. Please leave a review and subscribe. (laughs) Yeah, and we hopefully will be back with another episode on Tuesday. Now, these will be just stories, so I won't be doing like an introduction piece. Um, They'll probably touch on subjects that we've already covered so that we all know what we're talking about. Yeah. Hopefully, we won't see you, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Take care, everyone. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.